2 Corinthians chapter 3 is the, where we were going to find our text for this morning. Uh, I refer back to where we've been in 2 Peter and chapter number 1. We're talking about God's grace being multiplied in our lives uh, through the knowledge of God and, our, and Jesus our Lord. And we have used uh, 1 Peter chapter number 5 and verse number 10 as also a secondary um, uh, text, and that has to do with, but the God of all grace. That's, uh, that's what Peter refers to our Lord uh, as. He's the God of all grace who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Jesus, by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. Now, in our text this morning, we see 2 Corinthians chapter number 3 and verse number 5. And um, Paul says here, he says, Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. Think about that now. Our sufficiency is of God. We come... Today, to this last installment uh, in these messages on the different types of grace that God gives us, and uh, I'll just go ahead and tell you up front, we're not, we have not exhausted the subject, okay? Uh, we could talk about God's grace from, from now until He comes home, we, we could not exhaust it. Um, and I'm quite sure that we've only scratched the surface when it comes to the grace that our Lord can and does provide in our hour of need. And so today I want us to just kind of pile it all on, all the rest of God's grace in this topic of His grace is sufficient. Whatever grace you need, the grace that He gives, it is sufficient. And the Lord told Paul, and if you remember in 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9, as Paul was uh, asking the Lord to help him with a, a uh, something he had going on in his flesh. It was a thorn in the flesh. And he asked that the Lord re- would remove that. And the Lord instead told him, says, and He said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. My grace is sufficient for thee. Now did Paul get mad at that and quit following God? No, he didn't. I mean, he was wanting God to take it away. And God said, Listen, you, you'll have grace. Uh, I'm not going to take it away, but you'll have grace. And he said, most gladly, therefore, will I uh, rejoice. You know, I'm going to glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Now, when we think of the word sufficient, it means competent. It means something that comes in season. And it's ample, it's in amount, and it's... uh, fit or we call, could talk, call it in character. Now God's grace is all of this. It comes right on time in the right amount and is just exactly what is needed for the time that we need it most. Amen. That's what I wanted to think on this morning. In looking at God's sufficient grace, uh, we, we need to see several things here. First of all, we need to see the insufficiency of ourselves, the insufficiency of ourselves. Look at Galatians chapter number 3 and verse number 2 and 3 there. Galatians chapter number 3 and verse 2 and 3. And we see the Apostle Paul uh, address these Galatian believers 
and Galatians 3 and verse number 2. He says uh, in verse number Galatians 3 verse 2, This only would I learn of you, received ye the Spirit by the works of the law, or by the hearing of faith? Are ye so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are ye now made perfect by the flesh? And I, you know, we live in a very much self-help world. You go to the bookstores and there's all kinds of self-help books. There's a whole section in the library dedicated to such things. And as you, uh, we realize that we do live in a self-help world and there's all kinds of folks that are trying to offer their services to help as you're going through different things. We like to think that we can handle things ourselves, though, and do things for ourselves without having to be dependent on anybody for help. And when it comes to the important things in life, listen... Self-help will not do. Self-help will not do. Uh, mankind has always been and always will be inadequate to secure salvation to himself. There's no such thing as a, a uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my salvation on my own. The reason for this is that you know we, we were born spiritually dead when we came into this world. If you're spiritually dead, how are you going to accomplish anything spiritually? You're not. You need to be made alive. Ephesians 2.1 tells us that we were spiritually dead. And when we get born again by God's uh, Spirit, we are made alive again. Amen. We are, we, are, we are given spiritual life that we came here without. There are all kinds of religions that seek to, to reach out to a God or, or gods and secure favor and be accepted uh, based upon what they do in their flesh. They may offer sacrifices. They may cry out to a particular God and all. And, and uh, there are all kinds of things that they do. But people have done all sorts of things to make themselves acceptable to God. But listen, all that anybody ever did has been insufficient except trust the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, he's the sufficient one. Since the flesh is insufficient for salvation... Why would we think that it would be sufficient for anything else? And that's really what Paul was getting at to uh, these Galatian Christians. He said, you know, you, you receive the Spirit by, by the hearing of faith, is what he's saying. And you, you, are you so foolish that, you know, you, now that you've, been, uh, you've begun in the Spirit, are you going to be made perfected in your flesh? Not going to happen. Uh, so... If our sufficiency could be found in ourselves, listen, why would we need God? You know, we, we wouldn't, would we? But we do need God. So we see the insufficiency of ourselves. Second of all, we see the insufficiency of others. Uh, Peter uh, said in Acts 4.12, he said, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And we know that when Jesus was on the earth, he said that uh, he said uh, uh, that he was the way, the truth, and the life, and no, no man would could come to the Father except through him. Now, most of us, no doubt, have tried to help others through some difficult or trying circumstances that they were going through. And we should do that when we can, by the way. We should offer our assistance. It's always a good thing to help others. But understand that on our own, even when we do the best that we can do, 
we can fall short. We, we can and often do fall short. Also, there may have been others, whether it be our friends, family, or even total strangers sometimes who have come to our aid in, in some difficult or trying circumstance that we were going through. How many of you have been helped by others? Yourself. I, I can raise my hand. I just thank God for all the, all the, all the folks in my uh, life that have come to my aid. Sometimes they may have been su- su- successful in helping us, but not always. Others can uh, do the best that they can do, but sometimes their best efforts just fall short. And there are none of us who are sufficient in in and of ourselves to help anyone and everyone in every bad circumstance of life. And thank God that sometimes he's helped me to be able to be a help to others. He's the one that gave me the grace to be a help to someone else. Listen, neither is there anyone else in our earthly lives who can always measure up to what we need. And there are certain reasons for that. First of all, you know, we, we know that we have human limitations. None of us are God, are we? We're, we're limited in this flesh that, that we live in. Um, we have limited knowledge. Uh, I know some folks think they know it all, but none of us know it all, do we? We really don't. Sometimes we don't know what to do. Preacher, have you ever been where you uh, didn't know what to do? Many times. I, as many times I've had to uh, address the throne of God and, and tell Him, admit that I didn't know what to do and I needed His wisdom to, to uh, help me know what I should do. We have limited knowledge. We also have limited power. Sometimes we don't have the ability to do what is needed. Uh, there's some things I could do a long time ago when I was a younger man I can't do anymore. <laughs> and the older I get, there's more things I can't do. Amen. Uh, limited power. Aren't you glad that we have one that's not limited in knowledge and not limited in power? Uh, we do have one. Sometimes we have limited resources. Uh, I'm not a person of great means. I thank God for everything that He's allowed me to have. And, you know, I, I, we've never looked to get rich, me and my wife. We look just to live comfortably our life and uh, serve the Lord. We, ha- we have limited resources. Sometimes we lack the money to do what we need to do. I mean, I'd like to be able to have the money to help these folks out that are hurting all over the place right now. I, I don't. Sometimes we lack the tools or we lack other things needed to be able to help others. You know, we say, boy, if, if, if I had this and so, I'd, I'd surely, surely help them. We have limited resources. And we have limited presence. You ever had maybe a loved one who uh, something happened in their life and you would have liked to have been there with them? You know, but you couldn't. Uh, sometimes we're not where we need to be to do what is needed. We have limited presence. But listen, God has all knowledge. He has all power. He's got all the resources that you could ever hope for. And He is omnipresent. He's always present in the situation. And what a blessing that is. It is sufficient. The insufficiency of ourselves, the insufficiency of others, we want to look at the insufficiency of other things too. Um, I know 
many folks who have said, boy, if I just had this, I'd be set for life. You ever, you ever run across somebody like that? Matthew 16, verse 26 tells us, For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? And what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Money and resources may be helpful sometimes, but there's a lot of things that money and resources are not going to get you out of. Yeah, uh, You can come across some things uh, that's going to affect your health that mo- money's not going to buy you out of it. I know money can't buy you out of hell. Uh, only the Lord Jesus Christ and His shed blood gets us to heaven. He's the only one that gets us to be able to avoid hell. But not always do we have the sufficiency in the things of this life. We see the sufficiency, though, of our God's grace. God's grace is sufficient. God is all of those things that we are not and much more. In fact, uh, in our, our, one of our text verses there in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse number 10, uh, we see that God, God's sufficiency in, in all things. God is sufficient. Um, I'm glad that he's the God of all grace. Not only is he the God of all grace, he knows what we need better than we know what we need. Amen? But there's sometimes when we think, boy, if I had this, boy, it should be in a better uh, position. And God knows that we, maybe we need something else. But he says, but the God of all grace who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. So I want you to think about that for just a minute. We've been called to God's eternal glory by Christ Jesus. He says, after you have suffered a while. Now, we don't like that. After you've suffered a while. And there is suffering in this flesh. And we've seen that. Uh, over and over again. We've experienced that over and over again in our lives. But he said, you know, understand that you're called for a purpose. You're called unto his eternal glory. In other words, the suffering is only going to last for a while. After a while, it's going to be over and we will be in eternal glory by what Christ has done for us. But he says, after you have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, Settle you. And I want to look at those four things there in our remaining time. We see the sufficiency of our God's grace. That God, is, God is sufficient to perfect or mature us. But the God of all grace make you perfect. It's talking about maturing us the way we need to be matured. God's creation shows a pattern of his ability to mature things. You know, uh, we, when fruit starts coming out on a tree. Uh, I remember when we moved to uh, our home in uh, Springfield, Tennessee, and it had uh, already mature fruit. Big old peaches, I'm not lying, peaches that were that big. Uh, just gigantic peaches. And, and when, when they come to maturity like that, there's something else to eat. We, we enjoy the, the fruits of that uh, when we moved there. But listen, you know, we, those fruits don't start out like that, do they? They start out as a little bud. And then the bud, you see the beginnings of the, of the fruit. And it takes a while for it to get to maturity. And that same thing in our lives. Uh, we, when we have the uh, 
uh, our new life in Christ. We're we're new creatures. We're uh, we're just at the point of beginning to grow, and we need to be perfected, just as uh, fruit needs to be perfected, or vegetables need to be perfected, or uh, animals need to be brought to maturity. John 15, verse number 5, Jesus said, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. So we need him uh, to, to mature us. And if God can mature things, listen, he can surely mature us in our spiritual lives to bring us to spiritual maturity. And other things that God is sufficient to establish us. We say establish, okay? Establish us or establish us. And that's there in 1 Peter 5.10. That word establish means to set fast, that is to make firm or stable. And many of you know I grew up on a small farm. And if you grew up on a small farm, one of the things you got to maintain, you got to maintain fences. And when you go to put those fences up, you want those fence posts, you want them established. You want them stable. You want them firmly in the ground. Amen? Uh, and I remember that we, we, that was one of the things that we would do before we'd even put the fence up is to make sure that those fence posts were established where they needed to be at. Who better could there be to establish our life or stabilize our life than the one who made us in the first place and the one who created us, he recreated us again. Amen? He's able to bring us to maturity. He's able to establish our lives. Colossians chapter number 2, verse number 6 and 7, I refer to these verses many times. It says that as ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. Rooted, listen to, listen to this, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. So we're to be rooted and built up in him, established in the faith. Well, uh, there are other places that talk about uh, God's establishing power. Romans 16, verse 25, says, Now to him that is of power to establish you, according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. God, God's able to establish us in him. He is, if we will lean upon him. 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 16 to 17, says these words, Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father, which hath loved us and hath given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. He, he established, he's the one that we're going to be established. God's the one that's going to establish our lives. 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 3 says, But the Lord is faithful, who shall establish you and keep you from evil. He, he shall establish us. Amen. He's faithful to do that. God is, uh, not only has the power to establish our lives, but he is faithful or we could say he's dependable, amen, he's dependable to, to establish us if we look to him. Uh, you want to be established in your life this morning? Look to the Lord. If you'll look to him to establish you, he will do that. God is sufficient to perfect us. 
He's sufficient to establish us. A third thing that's mentioned in this list here is God is sufficient to strengthen us. Strengthen us. 1 Peter 5.10, there, you know, it's one of those things. Now, Psalm 29, verse number 11 says, The Lord will give strength unto his people. Are you his people? Yeah. Are you one of his? Well, he will give you strength. Look at Isaiah chapter number 40. Isaiah 40, and uh, we're going to be in Isaiah 41 also right there beside it. But look at Isaiah 40 in verse number uh, 28. Isaiah 40, verse number 28. <clears throat> and it says this, Isaiah 40, verse 28. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth. Listen, he fainteth not. <laughs> Amen, aren't you glad he didn't tire out? Neither is weary. He doesn't, he doesn't gasp, he doesn't, he's never exhausted. <laughs> and there is no searching of his understanding. Um, we could, you, could, you could try to examine the understanding of God and try to come to an end of know everything about God, you're not going to make it. Okay? Uh, because there's no searching it out to its full extent. We see that he giveth power, verse 29, he giveth power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. So if that be the case, what does that mean that we should do when we have when we seems like we're fainting or we have no power? Go to the one that does. Amen. You got to go to the one that does. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. What a blessing. I mean, look at uh, chapter 41 there, verse number 10. And here's what the Lord says. Fear not, fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. What a blessing, amen. amen. Colossians 1.11 says, that we, are, we can be strengthened with all might according to His glorious power. Whatever we need power for, God is the one that gives us sufficient strength to do that. And then, fourthly, God is sufficient to settle us. To settle us there in 1 Peter 5.10. The word settle means to lay a basis for or to um, to to erect, we know what settled means. Amen. It's it's the same word translated founded in Luke six, verse forty eight. Look at Luke chapter six, <clears throat> verse forty seven and forty eight. Luke six, and this is our Lord uh, talking here and. And he is giving an illustration. Luke 6, 
verse number 47 and 48. It says, Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man which built an house and digged deep and laid the foundation on a rock. When the flood rose, the stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. Founded, that word founded upon a rock, that's that word settled, okay? Same word settled that we see over in 1 Peter 5.10. God is able to bring all of his grace together in our lives and settle our lives and bring about a stability in our lives to give us a foundation to build our lives that might please Him. Amen? We ought to want to please the Lord with our life. We all want to grow such that we please Him. Let me ask this morning, what is your life founded upon? Do you have God's grace in your life that comes through relationship with Christ? That comes by grace through faith in Christ? Is He your foundation? Is that what you are planted upon? Are you settled upon Him? 1 Corinthians 3, verse number 11, the Apostle Paul said, For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. What he's talking about is there's no other sure foundation. All other foundations is not, not going to be good enough. Um, it may be a foundation, but it's not a good foundation. Only Christ is a proper foundation. All other ground is nothing but sinking sand and will not be able to withstand the storms of life. Only the grace that comes through Jesus Christ can give one a proper foundation for God to bring all of His grace together in your life. Amen? Apart from, apart from a foundation upon Jesus Christ, God's grace is not available to you. But with your foundation laid firmly upon Christ, you have what you need. And His grace is sufficient for anything and everything that might come into your life. Let's pray. Father, we just thank You this morning for... Your sufficient grace. And Lord, I know sometimes we view things from, from our viewpoint and it may not appear to be sufficient, but it is sufficient. It doesn't say it might be sufficient. It says it is sufficient. Lord, help us as we go through the trials of life to lean upon your grace, to lean upon your help, to lean upon you in every, each and every circumstance that we go through. Realizing, Lord, that you are the one that solidifies our life. You're the one that settles us. You're the one that strengthens us. Lord, if there's one here today that doesn't have the proper foundation of Christ in their life. Help them come to a saving knowledge today. And those of us that do know you, Lord, I know we all at different times go through trials. We go through troubles. And we need your grace and your grace is available your grace is not only available it is sufficient help us to see the sufficiency of your grace and lean upon 
you. Not look to our own resources. Not look to others as our, being our resource. Not looking to the government. Not looking to uh, those that ha have means. But to look to the one that we should be looking to. And that is our God. Help us with these things because none of us are sufficient in and of ourselves. We need your sufficiency. And we, we, we will trust your sufficiency. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.